back to the Whatnots Review Show. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing fine, Kyle. Good morning. Good morning, indeed. Uh, if you guys did not know, here at the Whatnots Review Show, each week we have a different story to talk about. Uh, this is our weekly book club style podcast uh, covering all sorts of genres and mediums from comics to movies, TV shows, manga, all sorts of stuff. Um, each week is something new. And this week we are talking about Something is Killing the Children, Volumes 1 and 2. We'll get to that in just a sec. Melissa, how's your weekend been so far? It's been fine. I got to watch Dune yesterday. Oh, what'd you think? I had a good time. I went, well, I could have gotten to watch Dune at any point because I just have HBO sure. Max at any time I can turn it on. But I did want a cinematic experience. So I went over to my friend's house and she's got like an OLED TV. Definitely worth like it. Yeah. Surround sound. Like she's got the fanciest home theater setup of any person I know. So I'm like, can I watch doing at your house? That's cool. That's good. <laughs> it was great. We had popcorn. It was, it was better than any theater. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, I, I got to watch dune on thursday night uh and i really enjoyed it uh some i felt it was a little incomplete considering it didn't cover right. all of the the first book there but uh it is there is supposed to be a sequel that they're making but i i don't know yeah. when that's coming out so who knows mm-hmm but good stuff. A lot of people seem to really be en enjoying it. I've seen people on Twitter being like, I knew nothing about this uh, going yeah. in. I didn't know what to expect. And I walked out being like, that's awesome. So. Yeah, it wasn't as uh, aggressively complex as I thought it might be going into it. I was prepared to like tell my brain to do zero work like if things got slightly hard i'm like melissa you can check out you don't have to know anything about dune you just watch some actors you like wander around the sand uh yeah. i actually understood most of it yeah <laughs> I, I i saw a lot of pierce uh who used to work at ign and rooster teeth and all all the that, that stuff uh tweet out after after words I too have dreams about making out with Zendaya on <laughs> in, in like in dreamy beaches and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, but Melissa, this week we are here to talk about a comic that I really enjoy called Something is Killing the Children. Yes. Our, our Halloween, all spooktober, uh, October month, I don't know how to say that, is still happening. It's still yes. rolling on. Uh, and we got some spooky comics to talk about this this month. Um, let's see here. I got volume one up. in my hands right now. Uh, something is killing the children. Volume one right here. This is by James Eisner Kitty Award the winner. Eisner Award winner indeed for the 2020 Best New Series. Oh, it's that new. Yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah, this is by James Tinian IV and Werther Deladera, as well as uh, Miguel Moerto. 
um, and this is published by Boom Studios. Yeah, I I picked up this book because I, I had been hearing good things and I liked the artwork. I had seen a bunch of the pages and stuff just kind of around on Twitter and then stuff like that. And I think I, I think I picked it up like free comic book day not too long ago. And I bought I bought that first volume um mm. and i went back home and i read it and i was like this was really good and i went back and i bought the like second and third volume <laughs> um and i am still waiting on volume four to come out so um it's i think it's supposed to be out this next month i believe if oh, i'm not wow. mistaken um yeah so it's They're still really moving it's still, along it's still being made but yeah this is a great series um i highly recommend you all check it out before i ask melissa her thoughts on all of this i do want to at least mention that this book has been so popular uh, that it was originally meant to be a mini series just like a single volume one and done thing that they moved it to an ongoing series on top of that, there's now a spinoff series, uh, which I believe premieres the same day that this podcast will go live. So this wow. Wednesday, uh, House of Slaughter number one uh, is g- going to be in comic book stores. On top of that, let me pull up this article here so I get the names right. Uh, the Doctor Sleep filmmakers will be tackling the hot comic Something is Killing the Children for Netflix. Uh, this Ooh. will be by Trevor Macy and Mike Flanagan, who you guys might know from Hill House yeah. or from uh, the recent. Um, God, what was the one that they just did that I pitched oh, not Midnight too Mass. long ago? Yes, Midnight Mass. So the creators behind that uh, are at least tackling uh, the 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 co-writing and executive uh, production on the pilot, uh, adapting this for Netflix. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Who knows when that will be exactly uh, when that will happen and come to light but uh that's exciting stuff that this has been like it's just you put this out and is instantly a hit and they're like i i can make more i can do a spinoff let's make it for netflix let's do this let's do that (laughs) so yeah i can see why i i did really enjoy this um you cool. pitched me several horror comics. I picked this one because when I Googled it, it had the most colors. Yes. <laughs> and also it was a personal favorite of yours. So I, I think that's always fun to learn about stories you in particular love and not Volume just two. things you Googled. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a good time with it. It's got wonderful characters in it. Like, it's very rich. It's very... Oh, it's a very emotionally sincere amid all of the gore and all of the many, many children dying. I thought yeah. it might be kind of a downer, and I don't think it is. I mean, it's very sad that all these children are dying. There's a family in this town that's lost <laughs> yeah. four kids, which might be 100% of the kids that they have. But, oh, it's also kind of a fun, like, horror adventure mystery story. Yeah. It's it has there's some a- 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 
action bits behind this all. It's not just like, let's be scared for being scared sake because we can't really do much about this. But yeah, yeah. one of the main characters uh, and the organization that she is with, they're monster hunters. So there is this mm-hmm. thing of, of like, hey, this bad stuff is happening, but we'll make it stop. We just need time. Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll beat them. We'll kill all the monsters, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like this a lot. Uh, I, 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 I kind of was just when I initially saw how it was interested in the art work and was just like that art just looks so cool uh that's i i would check it out at least for the art by itself um it's it's this like stylized i mean it's it's realistic enough to 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 be like yes this is a realistic looking book but it is stylized in its own way i don't want to describe this as scratchy but they're they're very like loose with the the yeah. artwork and and the kind of interpretation like there's some characters that have a little bit bigger eyes there's another character that the way they draw his nose and stuff is something that i don't really see in most comics and stuff and it's just like i like there's something so unique about this artwork here yeah. that is it draws you in um so mm-hmm. good stuff yeah great good character designs that. i like the art a lot i will say that there are some there's frequently like this two-page spread with a lot of tiny panels in it uh, which is kind of frustrating to read digitally I like i read this on comiXology unlimited yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I prefer like the full page reading experience and so frequently I had to yeah. jump back and forth between that and the guided view just like and like flipping between all of these small panels like I did it quick enough that like my tablet would freeze up. Oh, I I wish I could have read this in paper form. Yeah, yeah, it's it 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 looks beautiful. I I can d- 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 definitely say that. Uh but yes, both volume one and two of this are available on Comixology Unlimited if you guys want to check it out, uh, stuff like that. But let's do a brief plot synopsis mm-hmm. uh, so, so we can uh, then after that get into spoilers and stuff. So uh, this comic, Something is Killing the Children, is uh, set in a small town up in Wisconsin. Uh, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Archer's Peak. Yeah. Archer's Peak. Uh, And there's a young boy uh, who is having a sleepover with his friends. They're playing Truth or Dare. And he ends up telling them this story about this monster that he once saw. And on a dare, they they kind of all go out in the woods to see if they can find this monster and prove it's not real. Um, mm-hmm. And while they're out there, the boy that has seen this monster before, he slips and he falls and he like rolls down this h- h- hill. And while he's falling and while he's stuck down there this monster comes and it kills all of his f- 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 friends and he sees it all 
So we pick up with him like in the police station, just being like, I don't know what happened. I, I, I don't remember. It's unclear. No one really knows what's happening in this t town. Uh, and shortly after this, that is when this like blonde haired, smoky eyed girl uh, <laughs> comes in. Her name is e e e Erica, and she claims to be a monster hunter. Uh, she's apparently from some kind of like secret society that has been hunting these monsters. Um, and yeah, she she is trying to take care of this problem without like news of this sp spreading or all just, you know, let's take care of this quietly before it, you know, it gets out and gets big. But um the monster problem in Archer's Peak is maybe worse than they thought. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, yeah, that is kind of the the plot synopsis. Was that was is there something that I missed that you might want to add to that? Or is that that a good? No, that sounds good. Monster, something is killing point. the children. That story gives you exactly what it says on the spine of the book. And there Erica, first name Erica, last name Slaughter, uh, is here to kill them with the help of some like 14 year old boy who later. Well, after like the monster kills his friends, he's like, I I was lying when I told them I saw a monster out in the woods. I had to tell them something for truth. I just made up a story like I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand how we went out there and then there was a real monster. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I got to know what killed all my friends. Can I help you? Exactly. Last thing I should mention is that only children can see these yes. monsters um, and and unless certain things happen, which we'll get to in spo spoilers and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's like there are scenes when so someone will, will be right there and the monster is like right next to them and they have no clue. Um, so, yeah. Be aware of all that stuff going in. There's lots of blood, lots of go, 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 go. Uh, yeah, I, I think as the name implies, if you have a hard time seeing violence against children and stuff like that, this might be a little bit tough to swallow. But I I it, it is gory, but I don't feel like it's I, I, I don't want to say it's not too much because there there is a lot Uh but it like i i feel i feel like it's more palatable than you think yeah like the sense. the monsters are very fantastical uh you know like they've got like big appendages that'll like stab you through the abdomen or something like it's very clearly like fantasy creature violence and there's like a lot of red splatter and a lot of like black silhouettes of like guts being pulled out yeah, stuff, stuff like that. So uh, be aware of all of that stuff g -g -g going in. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's about it for our plot synopsis. Spoiler mm -hmm. free thoughts. Uh, I cannot wait for volume four to come out and continue the story and to, to start picking up this uh, this new spinoff. Yeah. So we will see them with that. Uh, but. For now, let's take a quick break for housekeeping, and then when we get back, we will get into spoilers after that. So, we will be right back. 
we put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and we'd love it if you would check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A uh, big sh shout out to our Patreon supporters, especially those at the $5 tier and above. So thank you to Sam. We love you and we Thanks, appreciate Sam. you a lot. Thank you. Uh, cool things that we have been doing here at the Whatnots. Melissa, you and I just did our Halloween tradition, our, our Halloween uh, captain's log. Uh, where we take old stories that we talked about on the captain's log, things just in conversation that came up, small anecdotes, and we take those stories and we twist them into horror mm. stories. Uh, yeah. And it was good. It was fun. <laughs> no, that's one of my favorite traditions we do. Uh, we, this was our third year running that we've done it. We've built up a whole lore. We dress yeah. up. This is definitely the episode to go to our YouTube page and like watch the video. We have spooky lights. We have costumes. We tell each other these spooky Twilight Zone-esque, but also very silly stories. It's a good yeah. time. Indeed. Indeed. Um, speaking of more spooky stuff, we did our Patreon exclusive uh, yeah. video for this month in which Melissa and I were reacting to horror trailers. And we had something spooky happen in the recording right. of that. It was not planned. Melissa, it was captured on video. Oh, my God. Because I, 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 I was also I, I won't spoil it exactly, but I was thinking it was something only I could see on my screens. This was not planned. This is not an effect that I like put <laughs> on like something was happening to my computer. Uh, and it, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's a weird occurrence. But yes, uh, when it happens, you guys will know because I'm I'm just like, what the hell is happening? Mm -hmm. And you will see it on screen. Uh, so it it is it is interesting. You guys can get that at the three dollar tier and above on our Patreon, and that will be up by time this podcast is live. Uh, so yeah, go go check it out. Patreon.com slash the whatnots. All that stuff. Um okay, I think that's about it for housekeeping for now. Uh so let's get on to spoilers. Here we are. Can you believe that the gremlins make a return in this comic? <laughs> and they're just like stabbing people and all sorts of stuff, right? 
No. Um, God. <laughs> is killing the children. Melissa, where do you want to start with this? Oh. Oh, I. Dude, let's start with Erica herself. I like Erica. I love her visual design. She does. Perfect. She's blonde. She's got this like big ponytail on top of her head, and she looks so much like a cheerleader to me. She almost does. Have the, yeah. Yeah. But just, and she's got these big eyes. But then you or, look or at like everybody else. Right. <laughs> Maybe it's just the ponytail. Like she's got a cheerleader ponytail. And cheerleaders have those, you know, because it's it's all the way up out of their face while they're doing jumps and flips and stuff. It's practical. You know, you need your yeah. hair out of your face when you're killing monsters, too. Not just when you're on top of a pyramid of other people. Exactly. But she, yeah, she's got these huge eyes. And then you look at the other characters and the way they're illustrated. And it's like, oh, that's not like an overall stylistic thing. You in particular. You have these huge eyes. They're neon green. Like you said, yeah, she's got this like intense, like winter soldier smoky eye look going on. She looks severely haunted. (laughs) Yeah, and sleep deprived and and stuff like that, which I I think we can kind of assume is also the case because there is one scene where the like receptionist at the at the police station is, yeah. is like hey you got these bags under your eyes like i i had that when i had the nightmares and stuff and this and that and she's just like i'm fine i'll take coffee um Ugh. but uh yeah i i really like the design on her we know she was not a cheerleader because she has been involved with this uh like secret society since she was really young um Mm. but yeah we learned that uh i i think she said like her her sister was killed and then it killed her parents after that the whatever this monster yeah i think she said it, it killed her best friend and her parents best friend may have been a sister we don't know very much about that yet sure um and she for the most part was hiding in the closet uh when her parents were being killed but at some point decided to leave the closet and try and fight back because there's one panel that we get uh of her with this knife and as she doesn't really get to fight back i think she says she wounded it uh but yeah doesn't really get to fight all that much when so- someone from this secret society steps in and and i helps her kill the monster or trap it in her stuffed animal which i guess we can get to in a bit here mm. uh but they decide to kind of adopt her and take her in and like raise her in this secret society of monster hunters of i think they of saint george i think is, is yeah just like the, the house the, of the slaughter name. yeah yeah in, serving the the yeah serving the house of saint george or something yeah the secret society of saint george do must have been some saint who killed a dragon or something because everybody's got a tattoo of you know, a coily like little dragon, dragon with a bunch of spears stuck through it. Yeah, something like that must go back to like medieval t- times. Or things of that nature. 
But yeah, we we don't know too much about the secret society uh, stuff yet because we're we only read the first two vo- volumes. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit more information in volume three, but it's okay. not much. Um, they're they're still revealing all of that and uncovering it. And I'm sure in that spinoff book that I mentioned, we will get a lot more of that. Um, but yeah, she's I. I I like her character design because she had like she has such a striking visual language where she yeah. can look tired and sad and de- depressed or she can look completely focused and uh, just like the the like it, it doesn't take much and she has the like the like swoopy bangs that can like cover one eye mm. so she can do the like one eye look thing <laughs> she has that big big eye there and it's just like ooh you mean business okay yeah um yeah i i she just she, she looks really cool <laughs> and um, when i was googling this comic when you pitched it to me last week i saw that she's got this bandana that she wears when she's going into battle against a monster that she's tied like around her nose dangling down on her chest like old west robber style and the bandana has this like it's all black with these white like monster teeth printed on it it looks really cool and then when you meet the rest of the house of slaughter all of them are wearing that that was a fun addition like i thought this was just yeah. This girl's style, like she picked up this bandana at a store around Halloween and thought it was funny. It's like, I'll, I'll wear this when I fight monsters, you know, so I don't get blood and guts in my mouth. But the fact that that is this like official, like societal garb that they all wear. And we meet yeah. the other, well, we see the other members of the House of Slaughter. We're not fully introduced to them, but it's yeah, to all sorts of people from different backgrounds. A lot of them are much older than she is. They're dressed very sharply. But all of them also have like very bright eyes and they've got a bandana that's got those monster teeth on it. And they're all slightly different configurations of monster teeth. Well, I I think the the house slaughter all has the same one or or really similar. But then we get that one scene uh, where there's the guy and the girl talking and she has a white one with black teeth. Uh, whereas the, how how slaughter all all has black bandanas with white I don't know if they, teeth. I don't know if they did. I think I, there might have been a couple other colors in there. And like I said, the teeth are. I've looked at them. They're well, like slightly different from each one. We see we see multiple people in the order, but I'm assuming that one scene at the like conference table yeah, where they're yeah. all there. I I I had a feeling that was like maybe like spokespeople for different houses or like oh the huh. heads of each family and stuff like that. That's like there's what different I in, houses in, 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 under Saint George. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's. The house I don't of Slaughter know. or the House of Springer or the House of Wilkinson or <laughs> something right, like, like that. Yeah, there is a bit where she, like she encounters a, a police officer who's like checking her ID and he's like, is your real na- last name Slaughter? And she's like, that is a real name. And he's like, I know it is a real name a person can have, but is, is it, it your, your name? name? Now we know it's, it's not. It's not her Ye- real name. Ye- yeah, but then it also we know like this society adopted her, but that's also the question of 
Do we have the concept of slaughter because there's some ancestor of this family who killed all these dragons? Or did this family take this name because they killed all the dragons? Yeah. Is, is there house slaughter, house scribe, house clean up the, 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 the mess, house the, this, how <laughs> you're right. Like, it, does this yeah. mainly have more stuff to do with their job within the o- oh. order? Uh, that that might be an, an in, interesting uh, thing if that's the case, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm there's sure. very little of the society for as much as we're talking about it. They're just in the background. We spend most of our time with just the townspeople of Archer's Peak. And I like them a lot. A lot of these characters feel very real. I was just going to say, before we get on to them, uh, there, there, there is one thing I think we should mention about uh, Erica. Is that she, as, as, the, str- as the, 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 str- the stray of House Slaughter, as they call yeah. her. Um, she kind of wants to do things differently. She doesn't really like the way this whole secret society is doing things. Mm. She feels like they are mostly there to cover things up. And yeah. in doing so, don't have empathy for the real people that are being affected by these traumas. Um, and so she's trying to do things differently where she can hopefully like actually help and protect these people and not just cover it up and it Mm -hmm. seems like the the this secret society doesn't really have a problem with killing people that might know something yes uh uh uh, uh, of them and she's not a big fan of that so Mm. i thought that was at least worth no, yeah, yeah, that is an important part of her character. Like she uh tries to keep this a secret, but whereas when uh we get one of her her fellow housemates as it were who comes to town mm-hmm. to like try and wrangle her in, he's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to stab anybody who has heard about this monster thing." She's like, "I hate the th- I hate that Tommy Mahoney knows this, but I'm not going to kill Tommy Mahoney. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. kill an innocent person." just because they're going to cause me trouble. Yeah. Okay, so you were mentioning the town's people now. Yeah! I, I like them a lot. I like that this is, it's set in Wisconsin. Erica mentions that I think she's from another town in Wisconsin, and when we go to, like, the house slaughter, like, manor, it's in Chicago. <laughs> I like how mm-hmm. Midwestern everything is. Like, this is where monsters roam is the Midwest. Who knows if any of them get out to, like, Florida or not. <laughs> I like the geographic specificity there. I, there's, I love James, who's this kid that we're following. This, like, 14, 15-year-old kid whose friends die at the sleepover. I love his He's story. survivor, that yeah. He, yeah, and, like, he's particularly upset about one of his friends. And Eric is like, were you and him more than friends? And he's like, I wanted us to be, but I don't think that's how he felt. And later we get a flashback where he's talking to that guy. And it's it's very amicable between the two of them. Like, it's another boy who also has crushes on other boys. He just doesn't have a crush on James and was like, I think it would be better if we were friends. But he points at another friend who's in their group like, what about Tyler? Do you think Tyler's cute? (laughs) I, I yeah. thought that was sweet. I like that he wasn't. I was expecting this to be a tale. 
Yeah, I was expecting this to be a tale of him being ostracized or being judged by by his peers, by this friend that he confesses these feelings to. And the fact that it's all very open and understanding uh, was a wonderful surprise for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff indeed. Yeah, J- James, I I what hooked me with this book was basically those first like two or three pages, right? Where they're great. it it starts out at the sleepover. They they're like, "Oh yeah, well I d- dare you to take me out to the woods where you thought you saw this thing." And you know, and then it's like smash cut to him in the like the police uh questioning room and he's just like, "I don't know what happened." It was terrible. Right. died and i was just like oh shit okay uh yeah. yeah uh you made this whole thing up but they died and it like what is happening here like i don't this is wild uh and, and, and there's yeah. a, there's a scene early on where he's in school and like he gets called to the principal's office i that i forget why too. but he did like i think maybe like some kid like accuses him of oh if you're the only one who survived you must have killed your friends and he like shoves this kid who is who is uh, uh you know antagonizing him. And he goes to the yeah. principal's office and the principal is like so like not angry but just like so upset that like this has happened in his school in his town and he's like crying like he's so heartbroken at everything that's happening. He just- and, is and he's like a new doesn't know what yes. to do. It's just like and kids have gone missing. I don't know how to like console the parents. Yeah. Like you're yes. a survivor, so people are targeting you and all yeah. that. Like I, I just I, I don't know how to deal with this. And then he mentions he's like, I like I just got out of college. <laughs> like I don't, yeah, like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, he's a younger guy. You know, he's probably like our age, this this principal. Yeah. And he's like newer on the job. And he's like, I, I feel like you just got me and already have to deal with this. And James is like, you're way better than the old principal. The old principal would have never cried in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and that's, then he I also, says something of like, I would have hit the, the kid t- 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 too. So yes. it's like, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, do you like, just send you home? I don't know. Like, do, 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 yeah. do you want to just leave for the day? He's like, nah. I hear they're watching movies in English. Yeah, he's like, I can watch a movie. That sounds fine. I got to do something to distract myself. And then when he's running yeah. around with Erica, she's scene. like, shouldn't you be in school? And he's like, they're not going to flunk me. I'm the one survivor out of this group of murdered boys. They won't flunk me. I can do yeah. whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. these people we encounter, like right down to like Principal Collins and like the sheriff and the sheriff's the older brother who he got the job as the coroner i I feel like that's a dynamic i've seen before but it's normally like oh i had to get my younger brother a job i like that it's like the older sibling that's kind of the more the lazy one or more the 'er ne'er-do-well and the younger brother is like the more successful one he's like okay i'm gonna get you into this coroner job please stop Mm -hmm. drinking beers on the clock and his older brother's like what the beers help i have to look at all these monstrous you know dead kids bodies as the parents come in to get their kids they just hand them a beer it makes them feel better do you want a beer yeah i i like the coroner a lot because he 
he signed up for the job thinking yes. like he was like yeah it's gonna be hunting accidents yeah and maybe a hunting accident yeah he he's just like i am not prepared for this stuff and there's there's a scene where he he's like looking at a pile of these these dead kids and he's just like i quit <laughs> i can't do this like i i don't want to to, to, to. and then his br- br- brother who's the sheriff is just like you 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 can't you can't do that we're in a small town like there's no right. one else like you 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 yeah. have to um and it's just yeah, like it's, this being... it's a terrible situation to be in right yeah and like the erica finds the cave where this monster has been and there's all of these dead kids bodies and, and like torn up to pieces and the, the the police they don't have anywhere to put that many bodies and like have the space to like sort everything out and like put the pieces back together. So they have to take over the school gymnasium. That's the only space big enough. And like, I just like the logistic details of this. Like we're in a very small town. We have limited resources. If we need to do this, it has to be here. The principal's going to be the person like liaising with the, with the, the parents, like after we get everything sorted out and we know which parts belong to which kid, then like the principal reads a name off a list and is like, okay, if you're the parents of Abby Richards, please come here and show me your IDs and prove it. And then I'll take you in and you can ID the body. And then it's the next parent's yeah. turn to come in. And the, the coroner is like, like introducing this to the parents. Like, okay, everybody gather around. This is what we're going to do. And he's like, don't be mean to Principal Collins. He's doing his job. We're all trying our best. And if he didn't sign up to do this, we would have to do this in the Piggly Wiggly parking lot. Yeah. Be grateful yeah, that you it, have a gymnasium. The, the, that whole time, ta- like I, one thing that I don't think that these first two volumes necessarily do well is, is really give you a clear picture of just how many kids are missing. Um, yeah. Or, or have d- 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 died and, and, and stuff like that. Be- because at, at first you think it's, it's, the like handful of boys that you saw at the start, then you learn, okay, there's maybe a few more, but maybe not that many more. Mm. But yeah, by the time we get to the gymnasium and we've like we've we or we 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 get to the nest where these like monsters are and the babies are eating and and stuff like that, and you pull out all those bodies and put them in the gym the like no, the, the the sheer number of families that show up is just like yeah oh this was a lot bigger of of a problem than like this book has let on right yeah, yeah. um yeah so, we yeah, never like, get a that, number that is one thing i i wish yeah that we like i i, I hope this book down the road starts to give us a better look at like just how bad of a problem is this for this town here and it's not just that town like when we first meet erica like we've got the cold open where it's james and his friends at the sleepover and then we meet erica and she's like walking out of the woods where she's just killed a monster in like some other town she goes back to this little girl who's missing both her legs and an arm and she's like sitting in a wagon yeah, I guess she pulls herself around in. and the girl's like, did you get the monster? And Erica's like, don't worry, I got it. And then she gets the call about everything that's happening in Archer's Peak. And she's like, mm-hmm. 
okay, can I take a shower at your house before I leave? And she's like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. My parents are gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, the, 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 there is so much happening in this town. And unfortunately, just it within these first two volumes, we, yeah. we just don't get that, that full p- picture. Um, but yeah, it's, it's scary stuff. And just, I, yeah, I, I, I think something that stood out to me is yeah the like it takes moments to give these townspeople uh a page or two of of just like this is how you're dealing with it this is how you're coping like there's a great scene with the sheriff and james uh when james is still in the hospital and he wakes up to find the sheriff yeah and the sheriff is just like basically sitting there in disbelief, and it's just like I, I don't know what to do. Like I, I don't know how to deal with this. And then he's 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 like, but I need you to tell me because I need to be ready, and I think I'm ready to like start stepping up. So James, tell me about the aliens. <laughs> I love that scene. I and, jumps to right and he's there. like, yeah. and he's like, st- he's like, got his hands clasped behind the, his back. He's like staring out the window, very intense. Like, James, I need you to tell me about the aliens. And James is like, <laughs> you think it's aliens? And he's like, I don't know what else it could be. I think it's that scene. Like, it's it's so real though. Like, the, yes, that's exactly what would happen. Like, it's it, it has to be aliens. <laughs> just like right? th- there's nothing else it could be, right? He's just like you, idiot, I, like, you think it's aliens, <laughs> right? It's the scene is funny and it's also so heartbreaking that it is an adult, like a grown adult sheriff man with a mustache yeah. going to this like 14 year old boy. Like, I need you to tell me the truth. I know you think it's scary, but I think I can handle it. <laughs> which means he's scared too like he he knows yeah, he's it's terrified right oh yeah um, another real hmm? go ahead another really touching little portrait of the town that we get is that we see this guy drinking at a bar some older man we haven't seen him before and he's talking to the bartender about how his teenage son has evidently been killed by one of these monsters or they they don't know that yet but just my son is one of the disappeared i presume he must be dead by now and he's Mm -hmm. talking about how you know he's heard from other parents that they when they think about their kid that's disappeared they picture like the little baby they held in their arms they picture this like tiny precious thing they have to protect and he's like when i think of him I think about like the way he comforted his mom after I got laid off from my last job. I think about the way he would help his sister with her homework. He's like, I am picturing the man he was starting to become and that he's now not going to get to be. And the bartender's like listening, like, like, are you okay? I'm going to give you one more drink because I know that'll help you sleep. And then I'm going to call you a cab. Okay. And the guy's like, okay, like, it's just, very sweet confession to this this very kind listening ear and then later we see a scene where erica needs to get weapons and she goes to a home depot and (laughs) she's like and like this is the salesman (laughs) like this like contextualizes oh that's the guy we saw before and he only exists in those two scenes yeah which is a a a wonderful scene i love it it's a great use of him that we introduce him as just a sad local dad first and then he's the guy at home depot who erica comes to like 
hey, what is the sloppiest chainsaw you have? Like, I need a chainsaw that has no safety catch that will stop it. I need a chainsaw that just keeps going. What's that chainsaw, please? And James is in there with her. And he's like, can I get these big, scary gardening shears? And she's like, sure, put them in the cart. Yeah. Well, the, the, the funny thing to me is that like he's he's genuinely trying to do his job and he's a good yes. salesman. He, like he's trying he's to like, sell her the here's, safest chainsaw. Yeah, here's here's the top of the line stuff. If you want yes. to do the job right, it might be a little bit more expensive. But hey, these safety features make it worth it. Right. Like, yeah, you, like you can do this and that. And he, she's just like. That sounds great, but what if I don't want the safety features? Like, what if I want the one to like, if something goes wrong, it's still gonna just be 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 chomping. And uh, he's just like, uh, "Are you sure you want that one?" And then, like, as he's saying that, that's when J J J James comes running up with these giant scissors, <laughs> being like, "These look scary. Can I buy these?" <laughs> it's so good, it's so good. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I, I, love I, this I, town. I, I, yeah, it's it, like those moments aren't necessarily meant to be comedic moments per Not se really we're laughing now recounting them but they do they do add some needed levity to the book that exactly is exactly and I, I i think yeah they're, they're much needed and they c- c- come at almost comedic t- t- times yeah right so it it they really do stand out uh and and yeah, it just it makes you fall in love with those characters and this t- t- town so much more m- m- uh, to see how they're they're all affected and how they're all dealing with that. But then typically like in those moments is also when they hit you with this this thing of just like, oh, OK, that's actually kind of <laughs> funny the way things are are happening. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, good. It, it, it's 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 a good mix of stuff, right? Like we were t- t- talking about it has the horror side. It has the blood and the guts, but it also has the mm. action and it also has these like smaller yeah. character moments and these kind of funny yeah. moments, too. So it's a good mix of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we've also got. Yeah. We've also got Tommy Mahoney, who's uh, a character we meet early on. He's a young man. He's maybe like about college age and he his younger sister has disappeared. And it's like just him and his mom and like the dad's left the family. He like lives in a trailer across town and is still like in touch enough that he's like, I know my daughter's disappeared. I am worried. Please send me updates. But it's just Tommy and his mom, really. And his mom's this like. She's she's just in a bathrobe. She's constantly smoking. She doesn't sleep like she's become hardened by by this tragedy, by this sense of loss, by this mystery and this lack of closure of I don't truly know if my daughter's dead yet. And she's just so harsh and flinty against Tommy. I I like I don't know if I would describe her as hardened, but I see what you're getting at. Like she's she's. To me, I read her more as just so just like she has nothing left. Like she like there's no emotions yeah. like she's just. She's yeah. Just, yeah. She's just gone. And because of that, just has like no tolerance for exactly anything. So, yeah, she does end up being a little bit stiff with 
people. And then when we see her at the gymnasium, like she's so stubborn to just like, no, yeah. I'm standing here. I'm going to wait in line all day just to find some kind of closure. Uh, yeah. For, for yeah. This. It might be a better but, way to describe it. I like she's she's never overtly sad. She's not crying. She doesn't seem desperate. She's just very uh, st- right, stiff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, I liked how many different portraits of of loss that we got in, in this little town. And like Tommy like doesn't know what to do and he's a, a, like a manager at an Applebee's. <laughs> which is such a, a such a believable thing for him to be doing. And I like that it's like, it's not Applebee's, it's like Apple Beams or something, but you know what it is. And the fact that it's this recognizable chain yeah. restaurant works way better for me than if they invented a small local restaurant <laughs> like oh i can see you know this guy else? at an applebee's yeah you know what else sold me on this book is that eric mm. slaughter basically did exactly what i do i'm like <laughs> that booth over there i'm i'm gonna spend like four hours here in chili yes do do do, do, yes. do you mind yes. if i just sit there you. and like take up the booth yeah i was just like ah that's right me. <laughs> spread out a giant map across the table and like they're pinpointing like where all of the bodies have been found her and james are and like the, the waitress comes up and like sees all the pins on the map and she's like is that a pentagram are you doing devil stuff you guys are satanists right <laughs> uh yeah i i like tommy a lot but i i i he he's an interesting character because he mm. is an older teen um, yes, he, he is someone who was not he did not have the ability to see these monsters. But mm. apparently there is a way to give people the ability to see these monsters. And the, the first we we kind of get clued in that there might be some way to see this stuff is when they're about to go into the nest and she has the the shopping cart of all those like sharp uh, stuff and james is like i want to like go in and help you and do all this stuff and she's like no stay out here and he's like i want to see what you see and she kind of like looks at the cart and is like don't get any any ideas but i'm gonna leave you with this stuff and we don't know what that means until we see what what she has to do to James or no to uh, to t- Tommy to make him say this stuff. She has mm-hmm. this like special knife that she stabs him like in the side of the head, like in his t- temple. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think she said it was like covered in like some special gold or something yeah um, it's enchanted it's somehow m- yeah it's this like enchanted magical knife but she stabs him in the side of the he- head and that is what enables him to see this stuff uh to see these monsters uh so yeah thinking back on that one scene she must have t- told james something about the night or like something of like hey i had this way it, it involves like stabbing your set like all that stuff because like i i don't feel like she would have mentioned it or told him that if she hadn't like at least hinted on on that to to be like See, hey don't get any ideas with these I, like sharp things maybe i'm looking into into that a little bit too too much yeah but that's like 
looking back on, on that scene, I'm like, oh, like this was yeah, maybe a it. little bit of foreshadowing here. I was reading it as like you know, James, a young person, can already like see the monsters. You know, he, he saw it the first time when it attacked his friends. And he he he's deep enough in that he's like, don't hide me from the belly of the beast. I want to go into the cave. I want to go into the monster's nest with you. I want to absolutely face this thing. And yeah. he, like he kind of wants to do what she does because, you know, he doesn't want any other kids to die. And she's like, you don't want to do what I do. <laughs> Just something like mm-hmm. she always says to anybody like, I am keeping things from you because it is so bad for you to know them. Like that is going to haunt you for the rest of the day, the rest of your days, not just the rest of a 24 hour period until until you die, Sheriff, you will be haunted by the things I tell you. And that's why I'm not telling you. Like, I know I know you're suspicious of me. I, I would be, too. But like, I just can't tell you this stuff for your own good. Trust me. Trust me that I can take care of these monsters. Um, and yeah, I think that's what she was telling James. Like James could have gone in there if she had let him and seen everything. That makes uh, sense. But it's yeah. Tommy because he's a little older that she has to prick him with that enchanted knife, and then he can see the monsters. Which is something that I was kind of hoping the story would explore a little bit more. Like it said, like children can see them and adults can't. Uh, but like, what exactly is that line? Like I said, Tommy's like approximately like college age. You know, he could be 19. He could be like 24. We don't really know. He's somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Like what around when does this die off? Is it like a certain age? Is it different for everybody? Like what is Does it just turn off one day? Can you like does it start to fade away your sense of being able to see a monster? I was really hoping to get like somebody right in that middle age there to like see how much they react. Yeah, because like when there's all those families gathered in the school parking lot. It's like parents and like more middle schoolers and like not really anybody in between. Yeah. Yeah. There's some that, 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 that seems to be a running theme in the book of just like, Hey, there's information we're not telling you, Mm. but trust me. Like, yeah, if you knew the full story, it, it it's much worse than you think but we're protecting what? you by not telling you this right because I, I, yes. I have the feeling that there are mysteries within house slaughter or this yeah. o- order of saint george that we don't have the full picture yet right um and i i i i, I think erica might be on to something that like hey there that there's stuff that they're not telling me and so I'm kind of rebelling against that. I'm just going to yeah. do things my way until you tell me the full p- p- picture so I understand. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, same thing with the sheriff and I, I don't remember his name, but that second cop uh, that yeah. is, is, is there, right? Like, the House of Slaughter has called the sheriff to be like, hey, we know how to handle this stuff for sending in people like all you know here's all the info you need but he's not the 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 sheriff is not sharing that information with this second cop who's then just like what have they done to you man who's got you in their pocket like something is wrong is happening here like you 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 need to let me know so we can stop this and 
yeah, it just seems to be this ongoing, like at every level, there seems to be some of that somehow, some way. Yeah. And I, there is this second cop who is more of a renegade, like when Erica is trying to take the one kid who survived the monster's den, this little girl named Beyond. Like she tries to take Beyond away. And the, the this other cop like like pulls a gun on her like no I don't know what you're going to do you might use this girl for bait like keep her here like I don't want you taking her and then um they forget his name but like the other uh, house of slaughter member that kind of comes to to mm-hmm. guide Erica through the rest of the thing like reaches out to attack the cop and Erica's like no cut it out like she sort of like jabs him and like knocks him out and she's like sorry about him and she looks at this other cop and she's like. You know what? If it makes you feel better to keep beyond, and I know that you will keep her safe, right? Go ahead and 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 keep her. Like just keep her away from any place that might be dangerous. <laughs> don't put yeah. her anywhere obvious. Don't take her to like your house where like you know my my friend could like track her down or whatever. Like I I trust you. Like there's different levels yeah. of trust going on. Like Erica does try and give the low. Like she doesn't look down on the local authorities or any of the adults in town is being foolish like she knows this is hard this is confusing this is mysterious like she's very frustrated with them she's very fed up but she's she has the connect she has empathy for yes right yes but she also that one second cop she she's like look you're an idiot but you're an yes, idiot yeah. for the right reasons like exactly I, like, you want to keep her safe so keep her safe like that that's mm. that's ultimately what i'm here for too so i'll give you to her but yeah um yeah they did they're they're it's just there's there's all sorts of Levels of trust that everyone mm. is trying to navigate. No one has the full picture and they're all kind of confused and they all <laughs> right. kind of have the like guns up on one and the other. And I'm just like, OK, I think we're all here for the same thing. Maybe. Yes. Yes. But you said this one thing that one t- 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 time and I don't know who you are. So uh, maybe we can figure something out. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. It, it is a situation, right, where everybody's so stressed out and like everybody does want I I want the children to stop disappearing and dying. I want everybody to be safe. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. Uh and I like that the sheriff, like when Erica kind like kind of explains things to him, she's like, Look, my name's Erica Slaughter. I kill monsters. I'm here to kill the monster. Uh just stay out of my way. And then the sheriff's like, what? And uh, like, what he says is, why is it you? Not like, who are you? How are you going to do this? He's like, why you? And he's so, yeah. like, he, not incredulously, just like sort of frustrated and bewildered to have this, like, the blonde ponytailed cheerleader looking, like, young lady. Like, Erica's also probably, like, under 25. And he's like, what? Why is it you? Like, he's kind of almost hurt for her like why are you the person who has to put this on your shoulders (laughs) that or or like he's he's maybe expecting 
someone in a suit someone that like is obviously has some like military training or something and here's just this like this like very thin blonde girl who just like shows up with a backpack and a stuffed animal and a big knife (laughs) like yeah (laughs) yeah she's got this little (laughs) she's got this little stuffed like sock octopus with like button eyes that she (laughs) Yeah, that she she talks to and like the yeah. soul of the first mo- of that, that monster that killed her parents, the one that she wounded. Yeah. That other slaughterer who came to her house to like took the soul of that monster and like imbued it into the stuffed animal, I think. And so she can like communicate with it. And it's sort of her like the mystical guide. And I think she uses it to like communicate back to the house of slaughter because the 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 other What's his name? I am sorry to forget his name. They He's use more those of a major cell character. Phones. They, yes, they, yes. They, they use those cell phones to communicate to like, like back and forth. I, I I think this is just like her personal right. I don't even know what because it's like it's her stuffed animal, but it, it's like she's now she does not like this spirit that is trapped inside. Yeah. It. Um, like they are not f- 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 no no f- friends, but they do talk back and forth. Like yes. they do have so- somewhat of a connection now, which I think brings up an interesting qu- question, right? Of like, okay, if you can then bond like the souls of these monsters or the like the spirits of these monsters that are mm. in in these things to other objects. Can it be two people? Are these souls mm. like are these monsters somehow created f- from people? Uh, is that a, a bit of the mystery? Yeah. Like, is this actually someone's soul that then turned into this other thing? I don't know. I, I just think it starts to b- bring up some interesting questions and bits of of this story that we haven't exp- explored yet. Yeah. One detail I really like is that to House of Slaughter, to the Society of St. George, the monsters are like specific breeds with specific like known characteristics. Like yeah, she have, she like, rolls into town. She like, he, yeah, like hears about like how the children have, have been disappearing and what ways what happened to the bodies that were found. She goes and looks at the the place they were taken and she's like. Okay, we've got uh, an obscure type class B and they operate yeah. like this and we need to like kill the babies before they you feed. You said this like, was an E7. It's no longer an E7. This is much worse. Right. <laughs> yeah, like they know what they're like. They've got it like just, yeah, all studied and classified. Like there's procedures, there's best practices for like killing, yeah. identifying and killing these monsters. So this is right. Like they must know or have a greater sense than we do, like where they come from, why they show up in certain places, what causes them, how they breed or whatever. Yeah. Uh, So I'm looking at a page here. Sorry, I I don't want to circle back to uh, this like stocked puss demon trapped inside. We get a good picture of this like soul thing that has been like bonded to the octopus and this does not look like any of the monsters that we have seen yet um this looks half human 
half like Cthulhu tentacle thing with like almost like a flower at the like oh right yes waste so yeah like i i don't know if this is just a different type of monster because like you were just getting into like they have classifications for all of this stuff are there different looking monsters we don't we're not clear on that um but because it does have this like human bit or like humanoid part to it yeah i think that still raises the question of like was this her friend or her sister or whoever it was that died? is this like her mm. mom some some mm. how uh we don't know um but yeah i, I just thought that was interesting that's uh volume one right at the mm. end of issue two we get that like good look of of it there and it's just like ooh, right that is a creepy looking thing whatever mm. it is yeah so, i don't know wild stuff wild stuff and then uh I, just i i i think one of the scariest moments for me in this book is at the end of volume two, when all the families are at the gymnasium and the babies yes. have gotten loose and there's the monster this one babies. little g girl. Yeah, that sees this monster that has finally made its way into the parking lot. Uh, she's so scared that she drops her toy she pees her pants all of this stuff but the monster like picks her up and just, yes. just like what i imagine this scene looking like in my head yeah it's like all of a sudden this kid just starts like flying up like just the, there's this yeah. invisible monster that is like holding her up and then it rips her in in half that scene would be horrifying uh yes just because like this is no longer a a monster that is like hiding in the woods and in the dark mm. and all that stuff. And maybe someone saw it or saw it walk through the trees like this is in full light of everyone here. And it's just like, oh, shit, like this is a big moment for the town mm. to to witness this. Um and just it's something that none of them understand because up until then they're like is this like a wild animal that's killed them is there a bear out there yeah uh that you know the sheriff is like it's aliens i i i think um but yeah they have no idea and then to just witness this girl being like like suspended in the air would be horrifying it'd be, yeah it'd be te terrible um that I, I think was maybe like the scariest moment for me. Um, was was there a moment in in the book no. that particularly spooked you? That that is what I was thinking of. Just that one panel where suddenly the girl is like eight feet off the ground, torn into two pieces. Yeah, <laughs> and like the other kids, terrifying. the other kids can see a monster, but yeah, all of the adults can just see nothing. Invisible. The air, mm -hmm. the wind tore her apart. Yeah, just like spontaneously got ripped in half there. Yeah, that 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 scene in particular is mm. gruesome and horrifying. <laughs> mm. um, but 
Let's see, what else did I want to talk about? We went back and we talked about the Sotpus thing. We t t t talked a little bit about House Slaughter. Um, what else? There, there was something else that I wanted to mention, and I'm drawing a blank now. I don't remember. Mm. Oh, um, you mentioned in at the start of the podcast in the spoiler free section mm -hmm. uh, that it likes to do these like two panel spreads. Yeah. Um, which if you're like reading on your phone or a tablet uh, on a tablet, it would probably be better if you could like, you know, turn the tablet sideways. But even then, still, it's like it's it makes it smaller uh, and yeah. stuff like that. But. On in the print edition, uh, that's also a complaint that I have oh. with this book. Is that these two the the way I will, let's to be clear, I don't mind a two page spread where you know you know you have to read instead of reading down one page, you just read across both of them and continue. I don't mind that in theory. I think the way their panel layout worked, it most of the divides between the panels happened in the crease of the book. Oh. And it was on these like darker pages where the like outside of the panels was also black and the panels are all this like dark blue and, and stuff like that. Um, it's oftentimes just hard to tell like do i read only this page or do i okay. read them across and it's just it's the way like if the panels go like over into the next page and it's clear that they do that's a good signal to be like okay i need to continue reading this panel but since they were so close to like the spine, yeah. that, like center bit of the book, it was hard to tell. And it was just like, I, I'm, I'm sure it was maybe better in the single issues because you could open those up yeah. a little bit more. But yes. in, in the collected like trade paperback, it just, it didn't work out that well. And the, uh, I mean, you would figure it out of just like, oh, Okay, I'm supposed to read this first and then that and then okay, now it makes sense. But yeah, I was just ugh, they keep doing this and it's not working out exactly. Yeah, so. I I think it looks good, but oh, yeah, yeah. I I think uh, like if the book was just printed with a slightly wider gutter margin, I think that would solve the problem. And if I had a bigger tablet, it would probably solve my problem. <laughs> Trust me, when I read digital c c comics, it's on my phone. So I'm sitting there like oh. this, meaning like zooming in, all that stuff. But I, oh. do, I, I don't like the the like zoomed in panel by panel, like guided view yeah, not... that they do. I have to do the full page and just well, like that's what I like to do. Scroll. Yeah. Oh, but I, I, I've got like an eight inch tablet. It's like on the smaller side. One of these days I do want to upgrade to a larger tablet just for yeah. comics reading. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, good book. I, I, I yeah. really like this one a lot. I highly recommend I it. I did. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. 
Indeed. Uh, do you have final thoughts on uh, something is killing the children? Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it more than I thought I did. Like I said, like the visuals are great. I think yeah. there's uh, enough sort of moody, like dark blues and, and, and eerie greens, but also there are like pops of color. It's not a visually melancholy book, which I think helps the tone a lot. <laughs> like you pitched me another book last week that was like entirely like grayscale, like thin, spindly, like d dark ink drawings. I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'm sure that's a great match for the tone of that book, but I don't know if I want to read that for very long. Yeah. Like this has got um, it's it's narratively rich. Like I said, I love the characters. I think it's got a lot of emotion in there, a lot of different types of emotions from all these people involved. It knows when to lighten things up. There's cool mysteries. There's sweet moments and it looks good. But all yeah. around a good pick. Yeah. If you're I know, less experienced with horror comics, like this is definitely a horror comic, but it's not a downer to read. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's see here. I think it is time to check in on review show bingo. Yeah, I opened mine up. I don't think I'm able to get anything new out of this. Um, okay, let's see. We don't get a courtroom scene. No death by electrocution. Robots aren't blamed for murder. Uh, only we had aliens blamed for murder. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, detective who makes the case personal. I, ooh, that's a close one. I feel like yeah. it's not there yet. But no, maybe volume three will bring it here. Volume three or four. Yeah. If if that if that one cop was was starting to be like, all right, you know what? Right. The, the, the sheriff, he's incompetent. He's not doing this stuff. I'm taking over and doing stuff like that. Then I would. Right. I, if I, we I, found out like, that oh, like yeah. like he lost a kid sibling when he was younger and now he's mm. like projecting that onto the situation of today. That's that's what we were looking yeah. for with Detective Who Makes the Case Personal. Yeah, but uh, I think I'm in the same boat as you, Melissa. I don't think mm. I have anything uh, that I can mark down on bingo. So, mm -hmm. uneventful week for review show bingo <laughs> uh, here, but that's okay. Uh, here we go. There's that. All right, Melissa. It is your turn to do the pitches for this next Recommendations, week. though. Yes. Recommendations. We should also do that stuff. I don't know why recently I've like, I keep just like glossing pitches over them. Pitches are exciting. They are. <laughs> we <laughs> want to get to pitches. What do we do next? Um, uh, I do have some okay, recommendations. Yeah, recommendations. Uh, Go for it. This book reminded me a lot of uh, some comics we read at, I think, the beginning of 2020, maybe? Maybe it was 2019. I, don't, I only remember that it was cold outside. Uh, we read Lock and Key. Yes. Uh, which is Lock also and Key a... It's a good book. Great book. Uh, yeah, a very compelling, inventive horror comic that is... It's definitely a horror comic. It can be very gruesome, very eerie, but there it is also about young adult protagonists that are the, the the subject of the horror and they're trying to solve it and trying to get out of it. And yeah. it also has 
very rich side characters, like people that are around for two or three pages have a lot of detail and a lot of life to them. Uh, and I, you mentioned at the beginning that this is being adapted into a Netflix show by yeah. um, Mike Flanagan, who worked on adaptations of Stephen King work. And mm-hmm. uh, Locking Key was written by Stephen King's son, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that uh, that is true if i'm not mistaken let me let me look that up i just remember this what you said check, i forget his his name it's like uh joe, joe hill. something his last name isn't joe King. right joe hill yeah yeah uh so i think that you know him kind of already being in the this book having a vibe very much like something in the king family and then being mm-hmm. adapted by somebody from the from the king family to be a great match i look forward to seeing this on netflix I have actually not checked out the Lock and Key Netflix show yet. I keep meaning to. You've watched I, it. I have watched it. I am currently watching season two, which just came out a few mm. days ago. Uh, oh. I, have, I have the finale left to watch okay. in season two, and that's it. Yeah, it's I, I really love uh, that st- that story. I've only read the first two volumes, I think, is what we read for the review show here on Lock and Key. I've not actually read the full story of the comics. However, I have listened to the audio book adaption. So I know the entire story. But yeah, I just have not read the comics. But that, yeah, that book is equal parts a horror comic and like murder mystery but it's also fantastical and there's these like magical keys that can do these things and it's just it's really creative it's really cool um that that book and i i recommend the netflix adaption too uh but that store that story kind of revolves also around younger kids and Mm. when they're kids they can see magic and when they're adults they can't and stuff like that so similar stuff so i think that's a good recommendation i would also recommend uh a series of novels i love i've recommended them before the dresden files books by jim butcher okay which is yeah. about uh, it's a it's an urban fantasy series about the only professional wizard in Chicago. And he he's got a similar outlook to Erica, where he's keeping a lot of secrets from people for their own safety, because he's like, if you knew this one, it would haunt you forever. Like it would break your brain open. I don't want to do that to you. And if somebody knew that you knew this, you could be in danger and they could come and kill you to keep that secret. So he's also like a a big secret keeper being forced into that. And he's like also like talking to a police liaison. He's like, I know it sucks that I can't tell you this, but really, trust me, I can't trust me that I know what I'm doing on my own. Please stay out of my way. He's also got that same outlook of just you have to do what you have to do. Like there's no angst about what he does. He's like, I, I am a career man now. That's what I have to be to keep people safe. Like my whole life is magic. And he's got a, a sort of a wisdom spirit, sort of like a, 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 a spiritual library who like is the spirit that he has possessed. He's like trapped inside of an old human skull. So we'll go down to his workshop and he'll point to this like skull that's sitting on a bookshelf. And he's like, 
okay, Bob, what can you tell me about this type of werewolf? And the skull lights up like, well, Harry, this is what that sort of werewolf <laughs> does. And he'll like take it out into the field and he looks like he's just walking around like Hamlet talking to the skull. And, <laughs> and Erica's little uh, sock octopus reminded me a lot of, of that. that character. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Do you have more recommendations? No, or just those two. Those two. Okay. Um, I, I have two recommendations as well. Uh, let's see. I'll, back when we first started the review show, Melissa, you and I read a book called Strangers in Paradise. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, there's another book by that same creator, Terry Moore, called mm. uh, Rachel Rising. Um, mm. And I I have read that book. That's more on the side of like witches and stuff. Uh, and and it's it's a fascinating book. The art is phenomenal. Uh, it's all in black and white, mm. but it is about this girl who dies. And then or she she wakes up in her own grave, realizing that she had died and didn't know who killed her. She had been murdered. And so she has the like marks on her neck and all of the, that mm. stuff. Uh, but yeah, it is this kind of like solve your own murder mystery kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it dives into witchcraft and magic and stuff like that. And it's this big mystery that ends up dating back to like the Salem witch trials and all of that that, 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 that that stuff so if you like good horror c c comics that have like a good mystery to them or like a secret society or a coven of witches and and mm. stuff like that i would say check out rachel rising um and i believe it's all on comiXology unlimited Oh, nice. uh, so you guys should go check that out. I think that would be one I would love to cover on, here on the review show. It would probably be one that we end up doing for our like end of the month specials mm -hmm. um, that way. But that book was phenomenal. I liked that one a lot. Um, the other book is one that we have not read or I don't think I've pitched on this show, but I've read the first few uh volumes i think like the first handful of them the first like one or two um this is a book called revival uh and let me see here let me open this up in a new tab so i can get who it's by it's written by tim seeley and art by mike norton <laughs> colored by mark Ang angler um and this says for one day in rural central wisconsin the hey. dead the dead came back to life now it's up to officer dana cypress to deal with the media scrutiny religious zealots and government quarantine that has come with them in a town where the living have to learn to deal with those who are supposed to be dead Officer Cypress must solve a brutal murder and everyone alive or undead is a suspect. Now, Ooh. you might be thinking, hey, this is a zombie story. It's not really not a zombie story. So th these characters that come back to life, they don't look like zombies. They just kind of get revived like nothing happened except that they mm. know they died 
uh, and all of that stuff. So they they have to somehow get like reintegrated into society, into this t- town that they live in. Um, and yeah, it's just this like it's this if 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 you like this like small town horror set in like the the midwest here up in the woods where there is some like weird thing going on the town doesn't really understand it or stuff like that uh this book is absolutely one you should check out so highly recommend that book too that's it that's all i got for recommendations all right, oh, so now, now it is pitch now time. Now we can finally get to pitches, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, te- I told you a couple weeks ago what my theme was for our, our final set of pitches for Spooktober. I yes. have horror movies and their remakes. Uh, so okay. we have three sets of two movies each, um, and every remake I'm talking about has the same title as the original. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So pitch number one from 1977 and 2018, we have Suspiria. I've never Ooh. seen either of these. Neither have the, I. Uh, I, I. I watched a recap video of the first Suspiria, so I, I have like a sense of what happens in the style of the thing. But okay. uh, yeah, this is the, the set of these that I know the least about. Uh an American newcomer to a prestigious German ballet academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister and a series of grisly murders. That's the description for the original one, and a description for the new one is a darkness swirls at the center of a world-renowned dance company, one that will engulf the artistic director, an ambitious young dancer, and a grieving psychotherapist. Some will succumb to the nightmare. Others will finally wake up. Both of which are a little abstract, but I think this has witches in it. I'm not sure. Okay. If you're wondering what brand of the supernatural you're in for, I think witches. (laughs) All right. Pitch number two from 1985 and 2011. Fright Night. Uh, I watched the remake of Fright Night last year. I was talking to you about it on the captain's log. I had Mm -hmm. so much fun. Uh, And I'd be interested to see the original version because I looked them up. They've got very similar plot descriptions. I think they're it's like a pretty close remake. So I'd be interested to compare the two. Uh, I'll go ahead and read you the remakes uh, description. Charlie is a high school senior who's in with the in crowd and dating Amy, the most sought after gal on campus. But trouble enters his world in the form of Jerry Dandridge, a charismatic new neighbor. After witnessing some unusual activity next door, Charlie concludes that Jerry is a vampire. Of course, no one believes him. After seeking advice from illusionist Peter Vincent, Charlie sets out to destroy Jerry himself. There you go. Good old Fright Night. Yeah, fun cast in that one. The late Anton Yelchin, Colin Farrell is the vampire. David Tennant is the is the magician. Uh, and the girlfriend is Imogen Poots, who I just watched in another movie earlier okay. this week, and I yep. enjoyed her performance so much. I'd love to watch this again now, knowing a little bit more about Imogen Poots. She was the one. And she, finally, she, she, she was in "I Kill Giants," right? Is that she's also in that? One, I don't know. I think? I've not seen I that. Don't, I don't remember. 
and finally, Kyle, from 1973 and 2006, perhaps you will say yes, yes to the bees if we watch The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to give you the description for the new uh, infamous Nicolas Cage version, a reclusive <sighs> lawman travels to a secluded island to search for a girl who has gone missing. Once there, he discovers sinister forces at work among the island's secretive residents, including strange sexual rituals, a harvest festival, and possible human sacrifice. Man. Okay, you've officially made this one difficult. (laughs) Difficult choice here. (laughs) I will say, if it helps, I also looked up where you can find these. You can find um, old Suspiria on Tubi and new Suspiria on Prime. I think old Fright Night might be on Prime uh, and the new one is on Hulu. You can find original Wicker Man on Prime. And I think you would have to pay for new Wicker Man. Okay. So the choice is yours if you think that experience is worth three or four dollars. I gotcha. Um, Oh, man, I think. I think I'm going to go with my gut, which says to do Suspiria. Okay. Because this, when I, so, I, I feel like people put this in like a double feature with Black Swan, if that makes yeah. sense. Because it's yeah. this like psychological th- thriller in this dance company, stuff like that. But I haven't seen Black Swan, but from everything I hear and understand, Black Swan borrows a lot from one of my favorite movies, Satoshi Khan's Perfect Blue. There's a lot of scenes that are like shot for shot remakes kind of 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 that one thing. So they, they were heavily influenced by that. So in a weird way. I've actually had Suspiria on my list of like things that I should probably watch at yeah, some point, but right. only because I like Perfect Blue so much. So, right, like it's like <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know like how you want to connect if at all. Yeah, like I understand that you're like I should see Black Swan because it's inspired by Perfect Blue, and if I'm gonna watch Black Swan, I should also watch Suspiria, another movie that inspired it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, interesting so I, series. Yeah, I understand. I I, th- I think that's what I want to go for. I say we watch Suspiria this next week. Okay. Or yeah. both of them, the old one and the new one, since we're like I said, doing a double feature. Original from 1977. I think that's free on Tubi, and the 2018 Suspiria is on Prime. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Good These stuff. also both take place in, well, I think the remake still takes place in Germany. So uh, we spent a lot of time okay. in Germany earlier this year. Time to go back. Sure did. Um, so if you guys may have noticed, uh, we just picked Suspiria for this next week for the final week in October, um, which is usually when we do our end of the month special. Uh, if you yeah. don't remember, though, we are pushing our end of the month special to the start of November. Uh, So the first week in November uh, is when we will pick back up with our end of the month special uh, in which we are watching The Leftovers. We've already covered season one, and so we're about to cover season two. So uh, get ready for that down the road, too. So 
we have traditionally fudged this uh, for October every year because end October is Halloween. You got to give that time to Halloween, baby. So what yeah, a we'll be doing. Time, you know, right? <laughs> Leftovers is like uh, existentially eerie. <laughs> Not horror enough. So yeah, yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the month we'll cover season two, and at the end of the month we'll cover season three and finish the whole thing. So November's it's going to bookend it with with leftovers. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, I think that about wraps us up for this week here on the review show. So Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W I L K Y W I T. And you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer. Oh, I just completely blanked and stopped talking. Please do listen to my other podcast. Also, it's called Saturday Morning Obscurities. It's me and my brother Jams. We talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. Uh, And we will have a Halloween episode coming out in a couple days. So listen for that. Perfect. Uh, If you guys want to follow me, I'm at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. If you guys want to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So go like, share, subscribe, uh, no matter what kind of monsters you might believe in. uh, That would help us out a ton uh, to spread the word, stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, that wraps us up for number what was 170 with this. I always forget the numbers by the end of this. Yeah, no, 180 of the Whatnots review show. Uh, Thanks for checking it out. We will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.